Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 102 of The Informed Catholic. We're going to do the readings for Monday, the second week of Advent. Monday, the second week of Advent of 2022. Uh, Advent is the beginning of the new liturgical year. So, uh... We're going to quickly lead into Christmas. So uh, the purpose of Advent is two parts. One, we are, we Christ has already come. He's already been born and the incarnation has already taken place. And we are preparing, waiting for his return, for his second coming. Uh, when all, when he will defeat evil, and the beginning of a new heaven, a new earth. So uh, let's begin with an act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, from the Imitation of Christ, this is prayers for Advent. Dear Jesus, the light of your eternal glory affords joy and consolation to all Christians who journey as pilgrims in this sinful world. No words can adequately express the desires of my heart. Therefore, let my silence, my silence speak to you and say, How long, O Lord, will you delay your coming? Come quickly to me, you unworthy servant, and fill me with joy as you deliver me from all my troubles. Let nothing keep, keep you from my side, for no day or hour has any joy without your presence. You are the source of all joy and happiness. Without you, my life is barren and empty. I am like a prisoner in chains until you come to me with the light of your presence to liberate my spirit and reveal yourself to me as my friend. Let others yearn for whatever they wish. As for me, there is nothing that I desire, nothing that can comfort my pain-stricken heart. But you alone, my God, my hope and my eternal salvation, I will not remain silent, nor will I cease to pray until you return to me and I can hear you speak to my soul once again. Amen. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. And I pray that all of us can develop that kind of romantic longing to want to be with God because that that right there is a true prayer of the heart that right there sums up the scriptures sums up the Psalms sums up the Old and New Testament 
to want and desire to want to be with him at every moment, not just at the end of our lives, but now, now we want to be with him. Now we want to, to have this intimacy with him. Now, at this point in our lives, you know, we shouldn't call it off. We shouldn't call it off at all. You know, um, um, listening this new YouTube channel by this uh, former Protestant minister, him, his wife and son, they want, they, they became Catholic and he discovered, um, uh, you know, Catholicism, uh, and, and purgatory. He, you know, he was always against it as a Protestant and, and we should desire that, you know, for God to purge us of our, of, uh, of whatever it is that keeps us from having this union with him now in this life. Pray that God can strengthen us, perfect us now, not later, now. Ask for the, for the, the spirit, the strength of steadfastness, the the um, the spirit of to resist temptations, the the will, the grace, all those things that we need, the graces we need, to pray more, to offer up more sacrifices, to to have um, greater the grace of wisdom. And, and a desire for God. Pray for the grace for desire for God. The hunger for him. The spiritual hunger for him. Now. Now in this life. And that's, that's the thing. Because this is where your relationship with God begins. Now. Not later. Not, at, not when you leave this life. Now you should have this intimacy with him. Now you should have this, this relationship with him. Now you should have this. We all should have this mystical relationship. It's easier said than done. I know it's not easy for me. But this is what we should be praying for. Now. To be holy now. To be united with Christ now. To be a saint now. To, to, to resist evil now. To resist all temptations now. To overcome all temptations now. To overcome sin now. This is where it all should begin. And yeah, I know it's scary because, you know, I've talked about it with my friend. Um, to overcome all these things, to bear our cross. Now, what does Jesus say in the, in the Gospels? He who wishes to follow me, be my disciple must pick up his cross, must deny, we must deny ourselves and follow him. He who looks back at what he's left behind is not worthy of me. And, you know, it's because it's scary. People are afraid. I know I am. I know my friend is. We all are. We're all afraid of what that means. But in many ways, God sends us our crosses 
in uh, whether we want we, whether we want them or not. Our our desire to to be holy and challenges um, to tackle to overcome now, not later. Whether we ask for them or not, He loves us. He sends us crosses to bear. And that is scary, but he loves us and he would not send these challenges to us if, if he doesn't love us. You know, he put it to test us, to put us through the crucible. It's tough. I know it's tough, but when we hope, when, you know, this world, the life that we live in now, this culture, uh, with technology, with uh, social media, is more materialistic than any other. More probably, I mean, sexually charged with temptation and lust more than any other generation. And many people, the truth is, the scary part is, all these things will prevent us from getting close to him, from prevent us from going to heaven. You know, may, may even prevent us from going to purgatory, may even will lead us to damnation. Nobody likes to talk about it. Nobody preaches it from the pulpit. Right? There's no one to challenge us, to, to, to tell us to wake up from our sinful pleasures and desires. You know, this is not a loving time. Love is love. No, love is not love by itself. No, God is love. God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. <coughs> Excuse me. The love is sacrifice. Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends. That is love. Love is sacrifice. Love does not consume and leave destruction from uh, behind it. Love does not go after the innocent. Love does not use people. Love is not perverted. Love heals. Love wants the salvation of a soul. Love is mercy. Love is self-sacrifice. We know these things are true. We know them. Love is not entertainment. Love does not laugh and rejoice at someone's fall and destruction into perversion, into pornography. Love does not hurt little children. Love does not ask to be for a child to mutilate itself, to mutilate themselves. No, we don't rejoice in that. Love protects love because God protects and will and wants and desires the well-being of another, the good of another the salvation of another. That's love. All right, let's move on.
Okay, the entrance antiphon is from Jeremiah chapter 31. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior will come. You need no longer fear. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior will come. You need no longer fear. May your prayer of petition, may our prayer of petition, excuse me, may our prayer of petition rise before you. We pray, O Lord, that with purity unblemished, we, we, your servants, may come as we desire to celebrate the great mystery of the incarnation of your, of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. All right, Isaiah 35, verse 1 to 10. God himself will come and save you. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The desert and the parched land will exalt. The, the steep will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, Be strong, fear not, here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag. Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert and rivers in the steep. The burning sands will become pools and the thirsty ground springs of water. The abode where jackals lurk will be a marsh for the reed and papyrus. A highway will be there called the Holy Way. No one unclean may pass over it, nor fools go astray on it. No lion will be there, nor beast of prey go up to be met upon it. It is for those with a journey to make, and on it the redeemed will walk. Those whom the Lord has ransomed will return and, in, and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness. Sorrow and mourning will flee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we read, we go along through Advent, we see these passages that the, that the Holy Spirit through the church points out to us. These passages, um, it's, it's like painting a picture it's painting a picture of our Lord, giving us a clear, a clear image of him um, from the past. We, we can see here how this expectation of a redeemer, of a savior was so important to the people and how these, these scriptures like Jeremiah and Isaiah, the prophet and, you know, 
um, Ezekiel and Zechariah, um, Jonah and all the others, how these things were so important for them, important to their, to, um, to a spiritual identity. And this should be important to us. This is why Catholics should read their Bible and read it uh, with the, uh, the guidance of the church, read it with the guidance of sacred tradition, read it as as the way liturgy, in, in the liturgy, it's so important. This is very, very beautiful passage here. The desert and the parched land will exult. The steep will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with the abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful songs. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them in the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, Be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He will come to save you. These images of flowers of um, gives you the image of creation. These images of bloom and splendor and and beauty um, and um, you know talking about the strength strengthening of of feeble hands of old hands of old people who have waited for so long and have gone through so much pain and suffering and. And make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. And 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 that is, you know, that is important because how often we're afraid. Because of the world around us seems to be collapsing and falling apart. How often we're frightened because we're uncertain about our future. We're uncertain about tomorrow. We're uncertain about next week. We're, things that are beyond our control, we have no power to, we have no control over. And with all the, all the different voices and opinions and, and criticisms and, 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 and many other things, we just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, bring to us. Will there be a revolution? Will the whole world collapse? Will will our civilization, our culture collapse? Will the government collapse? You know, what what form of government will take place? What form of dictator will rule over us? This has been asked over and over again. We don't know. But the promise of God is a new a new spring, a better tomorrow of mercy, of salvation. God will come and save us because we can't depend on mortal man. And what happens here? <clears throat> he, you know, um, he comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag. Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert. And the rivers of the steep in the steep, the burning sands will become pools, and the thirsty grounds will spring of water. The abode where jackals lurk will be a marsh for the for the reed and papyrus. A highway will be there, called the holy way. 
So the symbolism, because when we, we all go through a desert, we all go through a time of dry spell, we all go through a time wondering and being impatient and wondering if we're fools to believe all this stuff. The people in the past wondered the same thing. Will there, will God deliver us? Does God exist? Am I a fool? Am I, am, am I fooling myself? Are we fools? No. No God talks like this. No, <clears throat> no one talks like this. I haven't seen any other religion, even, even Islam, the Quran. You don't hear it like this. You don't hear it translated because it can't be translated. You don't hear Hinduism, scripture, Hindu scriptures being talked about. You don't hear the scriptures of the Buddhists, the Buddhists being talked about like this. No one talks like this. No one speaks this kind of beautiful words of promise. All the other religions are nothing. They can't, they can't talk like this. They can't promise this kind of beauty. Not even the Baha'i can promise. Uh, whatever scripture text they believe in does not talk like this, does not promise this. Only God promises such things like this. Only God is true. Only God says <clears throat> that the, the, blind will, uh, the blind will be able to see. Okay, only God can make promises like this and, 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 and keep them. All right, and it goes on. Um, a highway will, will be there called the Holy Way. And what is Christianity called in the early days? The way. No one unclean may pass over it, nor fools go astray on it. No lion will be there, nor beast of prey go up to be met upon it. It is for those with a journey to make, and on it the redeemed, the redeemed will walk. The straight and narrow way, the road to heaven, the road, the way of Christ. Then th those whom the Lord has ransomed, has ransomed, will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with an everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness, sorrow and mourning will flee. This is truth. Again, this is all about Jesus Christ. Okay. Psalm 85. Our God will come to save us. Our God will come to save us. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Our God will come to save us. Our God will come to save us. Kindness and truth will meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And justice shall look down from heaven. Our God will come to save us. Our God will come to save us. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him. And salvation along the way of his steps. Our God will come to save us. Our God will come to save us. <clears throat> this part, I remember, uh, Justice and Peace Shall Kiss. There was a movie called Babette's Feast. It's a French-Dutch kind of film, basically. And there's a French woman who left, um, basically, um, Paris, France, because of, I guess there was a, kind of like not the revolution but you could say sort of like almost like a second 
revolt. And she fleed and she lost her husband and child. And she moved into this, um, I guess, Dutch kind of Scandinavian-like village. Uh, I can't remember, but <clears throat> um, she was a... Um, chef she was a which was a time i guess rare for women to be chefs because it was mostly men but she um she moved into this very very um dreary village majority of the people were protestants and calvinists and they um were some kind of lutherans basically they were protestants and they were all elderly all elderly people pretty much at the end of their lives, a lot of them, a lot of the, you know, and they had a very simple diet, you know, they were a fishing community. So it was a very simple diet and, um, they welcomed her and, you know, they were suspicious of her too. They, they don't have many visitors and they used to recite this, this Psalm, which is the Psalm here, I guess it's Psalm 985 in our Bible, kindness and truth shall meet justice and peace shall kiss truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven this is what they would they would repeat this it was like a something they inherited it was these two sisters in the film i remember two old ladies and they pretty much missed opportunities where they could have been married and happy they were once, you see an image of them in the past when they were very young, and then an image of them as they were very old. Their father didn't want to let them go. That I do remember. But it's a, it's a film. Babette's Feast is um, something that usually sometimes is pr played during the holidays. Unusual film, but it's very popular. and It's considered a beautiful Catholic film. Basically, this chef wins the lotto, and she decides to surprise these old Protestants with um, with something, I guess you can say, that was close to heaven. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to give any more away. Okay, let's move on. All right, so... Uh, alleluia, alleluia. Behold, the King will come, the Lord of the earth, and he himself will lift the yoke of our captivity. Alleluia, alleluia. Uh, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. We have seen incredible things today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing and some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed they were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in the front of jesus when jesus saw their faith he said as for you your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, 
what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say? um, Easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your your stretcher and go home. He stood up and immediately before him picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all and they glorified God and struck with awe. They said, we have seen incredible things today. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They, um, they actually did the scene in the first season of the chosen and, um, the house that they, since the house was never said who it was, some people believe it was Simon Peter's house, historians, it could have been the Zebedee's, but they decided to make it the Zebedee's home, James and John's father's home, you know, and anyway, but the important part of the scene is, yes, um, the Pharisees were constantly hounding Jesus because his teachings went against, rubbed against their doctrines and teachings, their disciplines. And they they did, they questioned by what authority he can, he does these miracles and by what authority he teaches. And mainly by what authority he teaches. And the fact that he said that um, the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And he commanded, he forgave the sins of the paralytic, the paralyzed man, and ordered him to get up, pick up his mat, pick up his stretcher, and go home. And he did. But he said the son of man, the son of man is the key thing here. The son of man is what will get Jesus crucified, get Jesus killed. The son of man from the book of Daniel. Also mentioned in Psalms, but mainly it's Daniel that pretty much lays, I mean, his vision of one, like the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven and one approaching and standing before the throne of the one who is the ancient of days, God standing before God, God standing before God. And then the one on the throne gives the son of man all authority and power over to rule over principalities and, and, you know, all people, all language and tongues. Pretty much he's God. That's what the son of man is. It's God in human form. But he, but still, Daniel said he is God. This man is God. Beautiful. And he will receive all authority. Now, when you go to the, to the trial, what happens? Right? Are you the Christ, the son of the living God? I have, I am. You have said it with your own mouth. And you shall see one like the Son of Man. You shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. 
It was Daniel's prophecy that crucified him. Saying I am was one thing. And, you know, he could have left it there. But he didn't. He went straight for the jugular. Or you can say he pretty much set the mark on his own jugular, his own life. And they, and they, and they condemned him. They, they, they spat at him. They beat him. But you can't, you know, you, you, one has to look at this. This is so important. Everything is important. You know, and so, you know, this is, this is it. And Jesus forgave the man. And the whole point is it amazed everybody. Because they've never seen anyone who did this. And not only that, he probably, because the fact that he did it and snubbed the Pharisees was one that definitely uh, says it all, right? Anyway, um, I'm going to end it here. So uh, I'll get back again soon. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. <laughs>